genre. Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Fellowship of the Ring one meme-filled minute at a time. Yes. Take one. First time this week, one meme-filled minute at a time. Yes. I'm Norman Mitchell. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And joining us again today is our friend Tara Bleak. Hi. And today we're going to be talking about Minute 103, which starts with Elrond saying, One of you must do this, and ends with everyone arguing. Yes. After Gimli is exceptionally melodramatic. Very I will rude. be dead before I see the ring in the hands of an elf. You know, I'm thinking Gimli was raised in a barn. He has no sense of manners. <laughs> no, he doesn't. I mean, the first time he meets el- he, the, the first time he meets other elves in this movie, he insults them in Dwarvish. Right. Which isn't in the theatrical. Which is not in the theatrical kind and of the movie. I was kind of upset because Gimli's like emotional arc is learning how to be a better person. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and he falls you in also- love with an elf. Like, oh my god. You also miss Aragorn's, like, wonderful reaction shot to, like, Gimli starting to swear at the elves at Dwarven. Right? She's like, I do not know this man. <laughs> he, he just showed up. I We just went through Moria. We found him. He's kind of like a feral cat. He just... followed us here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, this is, this is one does not simply walk into a Mordor minute. Oh, my God. This is this is the speech. Love this speech. It's so good. It's so, so dramatic. Not it is. with ten thousand men could you do this. It I, is folly. I love that Boromir just has no patience for any of this nonsense. He's just like, mm. no. This is this is this is stupid. Yeah. I wonder how what much of this he doing? deals with at home because his dad is a total nut job, and his <laughs> well, brother is so shy. His dad didn't used to be a total nut job. He's been corrupted. Yeah. Yeah, he's a terrible person. <laughs> I hate him so much, but that's like for a later, a much later thing, but I just um, don't like him. I appreciate the character of Denethor. For what yeah. he what he brings to the what he brings to the return of the king. Yeah. Well, I mean it's like alternate timeline Aragorn. Yeah, kinda. So well, it's like the worst timeline. <laughs> the worst possible timeline for Aragorn. Yeah. So he's this like uh, the evil, evil, um, not twin, but like evil alternate ver- version of Aragorn. Yeah. yeah. Except without the weird beard. Without the weird, there's no uh, no evil twin Spock mustache. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Aragorn's got Aragorn's the one with the facial hair. <laughs> he's the evil one. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're already this, in the worst timeline yeah this <laughs> um denethor's just trying to do his job he doesn't get any respect he doesn't even get dental his wife died i know and then this schmuck comes along from the middle of the woods saying he's the king yeah right <laughs> just like looking like who the heck is this guy who is this man, and why does he look like one of my sons? 
Not, I mean, not really. Just long-haired, luxurious, bearded man. I mean, Boromir has more of like a strawberry blonde, like a light chestnut brown thing going on, and Aragorn, Aragorn's got like those luscious dark brown locks. I just mean that they're all like the shoulder-length, luxurious hair, stubbly bearded man. I mean, I just assume that's man. what dudes look like in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, because all of them look like this. That's I mean, really, like... they should they should all have they, they should probably all have big beards because it's very difficult to shave. Oh, with man. like, especially on the road, it's very difficult to shave yourself in like what would be well, like Bormier this time period. Well, doesn't have to shave himself; he's got servants. Yeah, he's the son of the yeah. But then they're on the road for like a year and a half. He was on the road for a hundred and ten days. He probably brought an entourage. Hmm. Yeah, you know, like True. in the in the book, he makes a point of like arriving alone, right? And here we see him arrive alone, and then there's suddenly these other men. Yeah, I don't know where did they come from. They just they sprang just out of the ground. Like yeah, big, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> yes. So this uh, this one does not simply walk into Mordor speech was like given to Sean Bean last minute before they filmed this. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning of that speech where he's looking down, he's looking at the script in his lap. That's the way to do it, man. And Peter Jackson mentions that, and Philippa and Fran are like, "Why would you out him like that?" <laughs> Which I think is really funny that he's like, he's reading this off a script in his lap. I love that that like. That but it doesn't come adds, across that way. No. Yeah. It's yeah. it's so convincing and yeah. so interesting. Yeah. The way that this he, makes me wonder, like, if he had it just written on like printer paper or a notebook paper or if he had it like done specifically to look like parchment so it would not look out of place on set. <laughs> Because that's what I would do personally, but I don't know. Looking at it, like I, you're in this great I, council area, and then suddenly there's printer paper just sitting there. I imagine he's just like got his legs crossed and just has the script sitting on his leg. Yeah. So he's just like looking down at it. So every time he like looks down, like kind of sullenly during this speech, he's just he's peeking. Yeah. <laughs> he should have done like Mulan and had it on his wrist or whatever. On the, yeah, the forearm. <laughs> Because, you know, that's his whole thing, is he's trying to bring honor to his family and to Gondor. <laughs> honor! He, as he just says, one does not simply walk Vasco. into Mordor. <laughs> one does not simply walk into Mordor, and he just, like, keeps hiking his sleeve up ever so often. <laughs> just, like, squinting. Like, uh, not with t- 10,000 men, could you do <laughs> Yes. Indeed. <laughs> I mean, Sean, Bean, Sean Bean delivers that speech so well. It's so good. Yeah. It's kind of amazing to think that he's reading it and it's not like a rehearsed thing. It's like, um, like, um, cause I was in, uh, like high school orchestra for a while and it's like sight reading something and sight reading something like you're literally looking at the music for the first time and yeah. it's yeah. as terrible as it sounds. Um, but you can, like, because he's such a skilled actor, you can just look at it and be like, okay, this is what I need to do, this is what I need to convey, and this is how I'm going to do it. Yeah. It's very, it's very effective. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mark Ordesky talks about, during the filming of this, dailies through this week and beyond it, mm-hmm. of literally spending entire days just looking at reaction shots to the ring. <laughs> and... <laughs> how to react to like the beginning of the arguments and everything. Just looking at days worth of dailies that are just reaction shots 
during the Council of Elrond to make sure that the eye lines all match and all mm-hmm. this other stuff, but like literally spending days just looking at reaction shots. That's so funny. That is heroic. <laughs> I would have like just sitting there looking at it and being like, all right, which one? They all look the same. Which one is the one that I want? <laughs> so it's like being at the eye doctor, number one or number two. Right? Just number one waiting. or number two. They look the same. <laughs> one? The are you same. sure? Two? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Why you got to second guess me, eye doctor? They're my eyes. I'm like, I guess. One of them is right. I don't know which one. There's there's no wrong answer. There totally is a wrong answer. Right? Man. It's just uh I don't know. I, I've always I've always loved that speech. Like before I was a creature of the internet and before all the memes, like I always thought that, that speech was very very cool. It's powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, he him describing the dangers of Mordor. And it's the first time someone really goes out of their way to like describe how dangerous Mordor is. Yeah. Like because- just as a land, not like the creatures inside. Up to this point, I mean, we've seen uh, the the tower previously when they're yeah. torturing Gollum and everything, but up until this point, all of the characters and Frodo especially just view Mordor as this like esoteric threat. Yeah, you know, like there's this creepy eye and there's these stabby wraiths, but like <laughs> it's not like wraiths. a tangible thing yet for them yeah well yeah. i mean maybe it is pretty tangible because he's pretty stabbed, tangible but... for frodo yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wait i don't i don't want to go to where do these things live um but i think i think also he plays up the drama because he's really trying to spin giving the ring to gondor i i uh i would really like to have that and yeah. you should you should give it to me. Here's a yeah. here's a, a list of why he rolled so, well on his diplomacy check. I think. Here's an here's an itemized <laughs> list of all the reasons you should give this to me. Yeah. Well, he's he. I love his delivery is is fairly desperate. Mm-hmm. It's not just like hey, I'm I'm in charge of a thing, and so you should give it to me. But he's like I I do desperately need this, so that's like. Like, of all of us here, I'm the one who needs it the most. I'm the one most in need. And the rest of you are, like, fairly far away, so. Right. Like, right. I'm in straight at death's door here. Yeah. Like, in the last minute, he's, you know, by the blood of our, by the blood of our, our people, people are your lands kept, kept safe. safe. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, he's very bitter about this whole setup. Because Gondor is the closest <laughs> to the awful things. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, I mean, he was literally raised, like, on the front lines, so he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. And he is just like, so, all you pretty elves and stuff, I mean, like, you sit here talking about, you know, great deeds and councils and, you know, needing to throw the ring into Mordor, but, like, have you seen Mordor lately? (laughs) You ever been there? Right. It's And Elrond's like, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Elrond's like, yeah, dude. Long before you were ever born. Right? <laughs> exactly. Take a seat and listen up. <laughs> well, I tell you a thing. That's I one of my favorite that... things about Elrond. Yeah. He's just it's... like, listen here, Sonny. <laughs> <laughs> Have a well, sip, like, he's, he's been through so much stuff. Like, 
so much of his life has been fraught with disaster and sadness and he's Mm -hmm. still so chill and like just this really good noble man well yeah man or no (laughs) but like person he's still so good despite having seen what he has seen and i love that Mm -hmm. yeah good guy elrond I love Elrond. I love that um, that Legolas seems to have like a uh, like a pogo stick or something on his butt. <laughs> like he just like springs up yeah. every time he talks. He just jumps out of his seat. He's like, it's like there's like, I don't know, like coals on his seat or something. He's just like, well, let me tell you. Have you not listened to a word that Lord Elrond has said? Right. So indignant. He barely sits this whole time because he's constantly. He sits down just to spring up again. Right. <laughs> How dramatic can it's I make like re- this? Yeah, it's all about the drama. Oh, like, like, look at his dad. I know. <laughs> he learned from the best. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm so... Okay, like... <laughs> we're probably going to do the Hobbit movies, and there are things that I hate about the Hobbit movies, but I'm so excited to talk about Thranduil. I have no idea. Yeah, man. He's such a party <laughs> elf. I love him. Party dad and his, his party stag. <laughs> I love the, um, like, when they start arguing, like, the random elves that are just, like, holding Legolas back. Well, no, he's holding them back. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because yeah. Orlando Bloom is just him. like, yeah, Orlando Bloom is like, I don't, I don't think that, like, a, like a, like a highborn elf like Legolas would stoop to arguing with a dwarf like this. So I, I'm mostly just holding the other elves back. Man. So are those part of his entourage or? They gotta be. Like, cause they look, they're dressed similarly. Yeah. So th- those are, yeah. those are more Mirkwood elves. Mm. Yeah. They came Which also has, you know, like in terms of how terrible things are for other places, like, Gondor has it the worst, and then I think like right below that is probably Mirkwood because they got all these terrible things in their forests. Mm-hmm. Like they got giant spiders, and then they have that weird tower. I can't remember what it's called right now, um, where the Witch King was. Ah, oh, what is it called? Oh, this is gonna bother me. I'm <laughs> on something. Um, but anyway, so they have like terrible stuff in their lands and it sucks yeah indeed dealing with giant spiders all the time but the elves of Mirkwood are fairly removed from most of Mirkwood they stay like mostly in one corner yeah don't they have like an underground like isn't there like civilization mostly like underground it seems that way yeah a lot of it but I don't know if that's I think that's mostly a movie thing okay I don't know. It was weird to see elves underground. Yeah. With all their dungeons. We hate dwarves, but we're going to live underground just like dwarves. We're going to throw the dwarves in our underground dungeon. God, that must be so sad for them, though. Like, it's for safety reasons, I assume. Yeah. Like, elves are so tied to starlight that I feel like it's just terrible for them to be like, okay, and it's time for bed. We're going to go below ground where it's really cold and sad. And then they have to say goodbye to the stars before they leave. Sad times. (laughs) Being an elf is just sad. It is. Yeah, we talked about that a couple weeks ago. (laughs) 
Um, the great inherent sadness of being an elf. When you yeah. when you requested this bit, um, you mentioned really wanting to talk about Elrond's sons, and I don't know if they show up in this, but you should talk you should talk to me about Elrond's sons because well, I want to hear about it. <laughs> they don't have any lines, but they do spring up whenever Gimli insults the elves. Mm-hmm. Well, one of them springs up. I assume that would probably be Eladan, but I don't know because they're twins. But so there's Eladan and Eldor here, mm-hmm. and they're Elrond's twin sons. And I assume they're the ones sitting next to him on either side of him and during the council. But they have no lines, and that's the only time they show up in the th- in the theatrical version. Mm-hmm. And in the extended version, I they're presumably there when the fellowship leaves because you know Arwen's like standing there right and yeah. uh she's got elves around her and stuff so they're probably there when they leave but they don't really have any lines and they don't show up for the rest of the movies mm-hmm. but they do in the books their their parts in the books are a lot bigger right i say as someone who has never read the books but like i read a lot of information <laughs> Like, I love them so much that I read about them, like, on Wikipedia and all the wikis and stuff. Mm-hmm. So they're supposed to be there more, but we only get this small snippet of them in the movies. Which, yeah. I love them so much that I I feel so, so sad that <laughs> I don't get to see them more. But they're so great. And... They're, they're older than Arwen, right? Yeah. Okay. By some amount of time. Elves are so weird with their ages. I don't I don't get it. They're a lot older, but who knows for sure. Thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Right? Yeah. And then like, mm-hmm. you know, they grew up with Aragorn because Aragorn grew up in their household. So yeah. they're kind of like his foster brothers, which must make it really awkward that their sister married their foster brother. <laughs> Right, but she wasn't yeah, really because, around a lot, so yeah, because Arwen was gone the whole time Aragorn was growing up. Yeah, yeah. she was with mm-hmm. her maternal family, maternal grandmother, hanging out. Mm-hmm. But the thing about um, the backstory for Elodan and Elrond here is that you know they were, grew up in Rivendell, and um, whenever I can't remember how old they were, but at some point during that time. Um, their mother, who is Galadriel's daughter, mm-hmm. uh, Calabrian, uh, she was, I, I think she was visiting Lorien, and then she was on her way back to Rivendell when she was attacked by orcs, mm-hmm. and they tortured her, and that's, because that's how orcs are made, is they are tortured elves. Yeah. So, which is super sad. And then the twins... Like, rode out to find her, and then they found her, and she was dying. And it was super sad, and they had to take her back to Rivendell because Elrond's, like, this super great healer. Which makes me wonder about the healthcare of Lord of the Rings. (laughs) I don't know if it's, like... I don't know if they have, like, Obamacare kind of thing, or if, like, Elrond might be the Obama of this area. Because he's so great with healthcare, I'm not sure. Well, I mean, that's why Aragorn is like, I don't know what the, I don't know how to heal this. We need, we need to take him to Elrond. Yes. Yeah. So Elrond's the best. Yeah. But so yeah, they yeah. take him to Elrond. They take her to Elrond, 
and he's like, this is my wife. Oh my god, this is terrible. And then he tries to heal her, but he doesn't... He's not able to. His it's She's too far gone for that point. And at that point, she's like... She just hates Middle-earth. She's like, this place is garbage. I feel terrible. This place is terrible. I don't want to live here anymore. Mm-hmm. So they put her on a ship and send her off to Valinor. And I imagine that must have been really hard for Elrond the whole time. Yeah. So, like, when I'm talking about how sad his life is, like, he's gone through so much stuff, including his wife being tortured and violated by orcs, and he's mm-hmm. still so good. But yeah. primarily, that is the that is the twins, that's their role in Middle-earth, is that they ride out and they destroy orcs. They kill orcs to try and keep the land safe. They're so noble and wonderful, and I love them so much. <laughs> this is why I have a crush on the half-elvens. They're my favorite. <laughs> Elrond. I, I still just feel like they call, the, the other elves just call him Elrond half-elven as just a blatant insult. Yeah. Maybe. His his mom is, is it his mom? His mom is like the night's, like the, the evening star. Ugh. Yeah. His whole family is just crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I I just love it. Elf elf lore and mythos is just like my favorite thing in the world to read about. It's really interesting. It is really interesting. When I was um, really, really into... I mean, not that I'm not still really into Lord of the Rings, but like I was (laughs) like obsessive level. Um, I would pick out bits of the Silmarillion and like read about all these elves and stuff and for a while i really wanted to be a tolkien scholar because i loved elves so much oh my god <laughs> so did you actually that. finish the Silmarillion? um i haven't and i think i'm gonna make that my next project for this is i might join you on that <laughs> like sit down and actually read it all the way through i've, it's I've really read it a few times I've read all the way through it a few times. It it How? It's got some rough patches. I don't know. He's he's like a freak of nature. <laughs> I really enjoyed I Silver Million. This really this happens to me every time is I I've, I've tried to read the whole thing like four times and I get maybe a third or so of the, of the way through or so. Mm-hmm. And then my brain stops. It's like my brain is like this is really hard. You've ingest like ingested so much information. I need to put this down. Yeah. Yeah. And then like an idiot, I come back to it and I'm like, okay, maybe I'll try again, but I'll start from the beginning so I know where I'm where I'm at. And then I get a third of the way through and I'm like, oh god, this is so hard. <laughs> <laughs> so I know a lot about the Valor, but apart from that, I'm like, hmm, uh, I don't know. I'm just going to hang out for a little while. <laughs> right, like when it gets to the hardest stretch of the, of the Silmarillion to read is uh is Feanor's whole section. Oh god. It's the it's the hardest. That guy Because you so much elf culture stuff is thrown at you in such large amounts that it's just so dense. Yes. And god, that guy is just man, he needs to chill the hell out. I know he has F- no a dick. Like <laughs> he's terrible. Like you need to calm down. Like I know you have grievances, but like just just chill out, because you're making things worse. <laughs> yep. He has zero chill. Yep. 
no chill. Uh, <laughs> and a lot of what's wrong with the elves of Middle Earth is like his fault. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Feanor. Yeah, man. <laughs> Thanks for making these awesome jewels that everyone covets and wants. Everyone got messed up over. <laughs> yeah. God. Like that's why, but that's why er Elrond's um parents are not real people anymore. Is <laughs> because like his mom took one, and then somebody was like, "Hey, give that to me." I think it might have been Fanor. Maybe it was somebody else. Anyway, so he she was like, "Okay, I have a choice here. I can leap off this cliff with this shiny thing, or I can give it to him, and terrible things will happen. I'm gonna jump off this cliff." <laughs> and then they turn her, like, the Valor turn her into, like, a bird or something like that. And then make her a star in the sky with the shiny thing. And so now Elrond has no parents, and he's still being chill as heck. <laughs> oh, man. Like, he's just, he's just so great. I'm sorry, <laughs> this whole thing is me just talking about how much I love Elrond. No, that's fine. I love him so much. <laughs> And, like, my love for Elrond is part of the... Like, I watched so many Hugo Weaving movies after Lord. Of, I saw Lord of the Rings. I was like, this guy is amazing. I'm going to have to watch more of his movies. And before that, I hadn't really been into The Matrix. Mm -hmm. Then I watched The Matrix, and I was like, this guy's great! <laughs> I love him! Hugo Weaving is fantastic. He's just beautiful. He's got the weirdest facial structure. <laughs> I love him so much. It's like a, he's like a like a mountain. He's very sharp, very well defined. It's weird because like every time I Google him for the show, the very first uh, picture of him is a current one. So he's got like a really crazy lumberjack beard, <gasps> and <laughs> <laughs> I just oh my god, sorry. It's it's really weird because I've only ever seen him like clean shaven. So it's weird seeing him with like this full yeah, you go even with a full beard. beard. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, man. He's so beautiful. You're welcome. <laughs> I like him so I much. That, I think that takes care of this minute. Yeah. So, <laughs> also on DuelingGenre.com, you can find two other Movies by Minute podcasts, Back to the Future Minute, hosted by Scott and Nick, and Harry Potter Minute, hosted by Gary and Victoria. Mm -hmm. uh, so, thank you for joining us again today, Tara. Thanks for having me. And I hope everyone has a great Wednesday. And as always, a special thanks to our Patreon associate producer, Leaper182. Bye. Bye.